Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand sustainably. I'm your host, Giles Smith, and on today's show, I'm joined by another amazing Aussie entrepreneur. Austin Sims is the founder of Dayrise, a software platform revolutionizing our ability as brand owners to assess the sustainability of our products. The platform makes it easier to improve our products. It makes it easier to benchmark their all-round sustainability. It makes it easier for customers to make better buying decisions, and it provides independent scientific validation to help brands tell their incredible brand stories. Unlike the incredibly expensive and cumbersome lifecycle assessment approach, the Dayrise system is fast, and, well, I'll leave it to the show to talk about just how cost-effective it is. So with that, let's start the show. Austin Sims, welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm so excited that you've joined me today because we're going to be unpacking a really knotty problem in today's show that I think you might be uniquely positioned to help brands with, which is super exciting. I, I literally had a kind of hair on the back, back of my neck moment about two or three weeks ago when we first connected when I realized what you guys do because it solves probably one of the most intractable problems in this whole space in terms of the ability to measure, report on, take action on, and then communicate the sustainability of people's products. Now, that is a bucket load of things I just said. So I know we want to get into it. But before we do, I want to hear, and I'm sure everyone listening wants to hear a little bit about how you, an Aussie, ended up in Amsterdam building this amazing tech company. So tell us, tell us the backstory. Um, thank you. And thanks, thanks for that setup. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I've been in Amsterdam for 15 years now, although hopefully you can see that my accent hasn't uh, got any softer. Good to hear. Back. Good I, think, to hear. I, think it gets, I think it gets stronger every year. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I moved here 15 years ago. I got transferred here for work. So I worked at Nike for a long time. Um, so growing up, uh, sports was always my passion. And when I realized I wasn't good enough to play sports, working at Nike was as close as I can get to that industry. So I worked at Nike for a long time, worked at Nike in Australia, in Melbourne, uh, and then got transferred to the European office, which is based just outside of Amsterdam, um, and, and then have been here ever since. So I left Nike a while ago and worked at uh, a few big Dutch brands, uh, TomTom and Philips, and then worked with a, a big Berkshire Hathaway brand in the US as well. Um, so just really set up life here and um, got, got stuck in Amsterdam. My wife's Australian. My kids are sort of Australian Dutch. Um, but it is a lot, nice lifestyle over here. So we, Australia is still home for us, and we, and we get back there um, as often as we can. Uh, but, yeah, stuck here for work and, and sort of in the last few years of obviously uh, taking time to build day rides, which we'll talk about. But um, still call Australia home, as they say, for sure. I love it. I love it. And good on you. Um, all right. Awesome. So so let, let's get stuck in then. So, I mean, clearly one of the, one of the biggest challenges for brands, and, and we were just chatting before the show um, about, the fact that this is a problem equally suffered by enormous brands as well as you know sort of small to medium um sustainable brands as well and in fact non-sustainable brands too but how do they how do brands measure the sustainability of their products and be able to communicate that in a way to their customers that is uh, that a avoids greenwashing 
but B is understandable and consumable so that they can make good choices about the products they're buying. And what is it that you do at Dayrise that's such a game changer for, you know, these sorts of brands that are looking to do things in a better way? Yeah, so we, we, we started Dayrise uh, back in 2019 um, and we, we set out on a mission to bring transparency to consumers. And, and we thought it was crazy back then, as, as I'm sure you and your listeners would agree, that if you put your consumer hat on, that when you go shopping for consumer products, there's no way of understanding the impact of those products. There's no way of comparing it. There's no way of analysing it. Um, and, and that leaves us in a really difficult position as consumers to make more informed decisions. So that's where we started. So how can we bring that level of transparency? And, and the example we always give is nutritional labelling on the back of food, which we've had for 20 years. And so when you buy something from the supermarket, there's a standardised way that we can compare products um, and the nutrition on the food. So that's what we set out to do. Uh, when we sort of dove down that rabbit hole, we realised that the reason there isn't great information for consumers about transparency of the impact is because brands don't know it. Um, and you mentioned it a moment ago. We work with big multinational brands and, and smaller SMEs. And the problem is the same throughout. Um, it's really, really nuanced and difficult to understand the impact um, of, uh, at, at a product level. So that's, that's where we focused. Um, so we spent two and a half years developing a, a technology that can bring that level of transparency because what we realised was to reach our ultimate ambition of bringing a level of transparency to consumers, the first thing we had to do was bring a level of transparency to, to the brands as well. So that's, uh, that's what we did. So we've got 20 of the world's, uh, well, 20 or certainly of the Europeans best um, environmental scientists and, and sort of worked on this for two and a half years and, and came up with a product that can bring that level of transparency. Um, and, and the magic works in, in a couple of different ways. We, we, we work directly with the brands to, to extract a level of information about their product. Now, no brand that we've worked with, and we've worked with over 500 brands, big and small, to assess the sustainability of the products, has all the data points that you need to give a really good and, and accurate, robust uh, measurement of the product. So the first way our technology works is it actually can fill in um, missing information gaps. So if you've got uh, a degree of information for brands, which all brands have, uh, and then if there's certain information missing, we have um, smart algorithms and machine learning that can pull on different data sources that can do, give a real, really ac accurate approximation of any um, information gaps you have. So we know if you're producing cotton in Sri Lanka, um, for example, um, that already gives us a really good steer on certain impact levels that we need. And we've got 31 different databases that we call upon um, to, to fill in the information gaps that we have. That's the first thing that's really important because I think a lot of assessment falls down on either one of two things. One, you either can't measure it um, because it doesn't have enough information. Um, or the other thing is that we need every single piece of information accurately and precisely and, and that's impossible to do well it's not impossible you can do it and it's called a life cycle assessment which is the actual standard for measuring the impact of the product but that actually needs every single data input uh, through your supply chain um, and that costs about thirty thousand dollars to do per product and takes about three or four months so essentially what we're doing with our technology is accelerating that process um, by using the technology to, to approximate where we're missing information. So we can do it in minutes instead of months and, and at a cost that's affordable for big brands and small brands. So again, the, fir the first way the technology works is it actually um, fills in the missing information gaps and can approximate um, anything that you're missing. So we get a complete picture of the product um, all the way through your supply chain. 
Um, the second way the technology works is we are not only the, the fastest, but we're the most holistic in terms of the measurements that we give you as a brand. And so we then take that information and assess it across five dimensions of sustainability. So the first one is, is we assess the carbon impacts or the climate impact, as we call it. And that's the one that we all know. That's the greenhouse gases um, that contribute to the products all the way from sourcing and extraction to manufacturing and distribution. Um, so we, we, we can measure that and we break that down across those three areas. We then measure the ecosystem impact. So primarily to do with sourcing, but also through the rest of the, the supply chain. What's your um, impact on the habitat around you? So the biodiversity impact um, on them actually primarily um, sourcing virgin materials. And then what's your water usage um, through that? And that's really precise in terms of um, water is not equal everywhere in the world. And if you're sourcing water from a water scarce area, that has a bigger impact on the planet than if you're sourcing water from a, a water dense area. So we take all those factors into consideration. The third one is the circularity of a product. So when you're making a product, um, how much of the materials that you're using are reused or recycled? So how much pressure are you putting on virgin materials versus using materials that have been reused? Um, but then as importantly, um, when your product is end of life, how, how can that be end of life? Can it be reused or recycled? So we're trying to create those small loops of recyclability um, or circularity. How, how do we sort of assess that in terms of your product? Um, the fourth one is livelihoods and well-being. So we don't just look at the environmental impact, we look at the social impact as well. So looking through your supply chain, um, what's the risk associated with um, sort of uh, either child labour or slave labour, but um, what's, what's sort of how we tr people treated through your supply chain to make sure that it's a, a really sustainable product in the, in the broader sense of the word, not just environmentally sustainable, but sustainable for the communities that are touching that product as well. Uh, and the last thing we look at is purpose, which is the hardest one for us to quantify, but we've got a method to do it that uses an extended sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs because the, the world is finite in its resources and we need to make sure that we're funneling those resources to the areas that have the greatest value. So um, not every product is equal in terms of its use. Uh, obviously, um, clothing and footwear and food is, is very valuable. Um, so, some products aren't as valuable and, and perhaps shouldn't be using the, the, the Earth's resources and the example I always give is an electric pepper mill grinder, um, which is a highly technical product for something that you can do manually. And, and that's got a pre pretty low purpose because it's using a lot of the earth's resources for something that we can use. Um, so, uh, so that's the way it's worked. So then um, we assess that across those five dimensions and, and then the, the output. So that, that's the technology, but what's really interesting is the output. So what do you actually get for that? And um, we are a solutions-based business. So we're all about um, providing solutions for consumers and businesses to help everyone make better decisions and everyone on a path to actually um, sort of making better products and reducing the impact on the planet. So there's, there's two outputs for that. One is brands get really detailed um, reports across those five dimensions. So we tell you um, where your impacts are. So climate impact, for example, we tell you exactly where your greenhouse gases are, how you compare to other products in your peer category. Um, and then we actually give you suggestions on how you can actually improve that um, and tips to actually why you can actually reduce the impact of the product. We also um, compare product to the packaging. So where we, are you having your biggest impact? Is it your packaging that's the issue or your product? So really detailed information across those five dimensions and not just information, but actually um, tips about how you can actually reduce your impact, which we find is really, really insightful, um, particularly for small and medium-sized brands. And the second thing that you get, um, which goes all the way back to how the business started is you get really simple 
tools that actually enable you to tell this story to consumers, which is great. There's a standardized way now that we can actually tell this story to, to consumers. And, and we do that in, in, a, in a few different ways. So this, um, this is all housed in a dashboard and you can extract this information and put it onto your own e-commerce channels or your partner's e-commerce channels or into your social channels. Um, but it's uh, at the start, there's a day-wide score. So we, we rate every, every product out of 100. So how does that product rate? And that's made up of those five dimensions that I spoke about. So you get that highest level, just a score out of 100. Um, then you get the breakdown of that score across the five dimensions. So consumers can get a really good sense of not just at the highest level, how sustainable it is, but circularity might be more important to some people than livelihoods and well-being, for example. So consumers can get a, a really good view of um, the, the, the sustainability of the product. Um, the other two things that we create, which I think are really interesting, is we compare your product versus a standard product. So there's an international database of the impact of what they call standard products, so a standard shirt or a standard um, homeware appliance. And we can compare your product to that. And we can tell you, um, particularly for your audience, it's really interesting because your audience is mostly sustainable brands. We can demonstrate to consumers how much more sustainable their products are versus a standard product. And we, and we express that across two dimensions, carbon and water. So we tell consumers versus a standard product, you can say by buying this product versus a standard product, you can save um, this much carbon or this much water. Um, and we express that in both kilograms of carbon and liters of water, but also kilometers driven and baths saved. So we really contextualize that for consumers. And we find that information really valuable for brands to, to sort of tell that sustainability story and make consumers feel good about buying their products. And, and the last one, and this is a bit of a long-term play for us, um, but probably the one that we're most excited about is um, we each have a planetary budget that we need to consume within each year. And if we consume within that budget, then the Earth can regenerate itself. Um, and obviously, we're well beyond that. And we all know Earth Overshoot Day, which happens earlier and earlier each year, where we go beyond the Earth's natural resources to support us. But we're expecting consumers to change their habits without giving them the right level of information. And it's almost like managing your home, your budget at home, your financial budget at home without knowing how much money you've got um, or how much things cost. So what we can do now is we can actually assess each product and tell you how much of your planetary budget that actually takes up. So when you're buying some, this tool not only allows you to compare products and see which one's more sustainable, but as you buy products over time, you can aggregate those products and as you actually purchase things, see the impact of your purchases over time. And we think in the long run, that's going to be a real game changer because that gives consumers the level of transparency they need to make better decisions. Okay, wow. I mean, I feel like I need to take a deep breath and we all need to take a deep breath here because what you've just laid out there is kind of like a product sustainability panacea in a way. It kind of covers off all of the things that we need to look at as brands when it comes to, to product sustainability. And I, I want to go back and kind of unpick some of those things a little bit more and go a little bit deeper, deeper if that's okay. Because one of the things that you said that I really love is we all know that, that some of the hot topics in sustainability and particularly when it comes to, you know, consumer sentiment is around net zero type theme things, carbon, carbon dioxide being emitted and so on. And we, and, and, you know, obviously plastics, the use of plastics has become, you know, a, a very popular thing to be involved with these days uh, in the sustainability space as well. You know, the plastics problem, removing plastics from the ocean, all the rest of it, particularly with regards to net zero. I think we, I think we can all point to examples where people have almost, I mean, not that it's not important because clearly it very, it very much is. I'm not diminishing it for a moment, but 
we can all point to examples where people have focused on that at the expense of other things in the environment. I was just reading kind of not in the e-commerce space, but I was reading a post on LinkedIn just yesterday on this, which talked about this uh, apartment building or technology for apartment buildings in, in Geneva, where they take uh, cold water from Lake Geneva and pump it around the building to cool it down to save on carbon emitted from air conditioning. But then they are increasing the lake, the average lake temperature by all the warm water that's going back out and obviously impacting the ecology and the ecosystem there. Right. So unintended consequences, their focus is very much on on the carbon budget and, and, and the carbon emissions of air conditioning. But they they've, so they've done one thing, but they're robbing people to pay Paul. So I love the way that you talked about and you talk about the broad sustainability impact of, of products. And I just I just want to go back into some of those things a little bit more and dig out and dig around in there for a moment, if I may, because so first of all, you did start with, you know, the, the, the carbon impact of, of products. Now, is this. In using your tool, is this something that brands can use to go, okay, I clearly understand my carbon impact from those products, and now I can do something like, A, I can go back and fix it, or B, worst case, I can buy the right number of offsets for the right sales that we've got. Is that, is that how that works? Yeah, I think, I think the, the great thing about the tool is it really gets down to the, micro, the, the, the detail of exactly where that impact is. So is it, is it at a product, is it at a material level? And if it is, is it a material level for your products or for your packaging? Like how, where, where exactly is it? Or, or is it more in your manufacturing and therefore you're very manufacturing heavy in terms of your carbon. So that's where you need to look. Or, or is it more in your distribution? So yeah. it really lays it out um, in terms of exactly where that impact is because product development's hard. It's long, it's a roadmap. Um, and, and sort of, yeah, but by, 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 by giving that granularity, you can start to focus your areas on where you think you can make the biggest impact. And, and, and we've been working... Um, with just, uh, I mean, we started working with, with sustainable brands who were quite sustainable, and our, our scoring system is, is very rigorous. And what they love about that is the fact that they really get that level of detail that they would, would never have otherwise got. Um, uh, so that's they, they really they really enjoy that. And I think to, to your earlier point, that the inconvenient truth is that it is really nuanced um, uh, sustainability and environmental impact. And net zero is great; it's awesome. And it's a great soundbite. And we're very good at that as consumers and as, as human beings to simplify it down to one thing. Um, and it's a great start. So we support that. But as you say, there's so many times when you can take a, a really hard focus on carbon and completely destroy the biodiversity around you. And, and that is a huge issue as well. So unfortunately, we need to take a holistic point of view. It can't just be about carbon, but we've got that tool now that can actually give you that much broader perspective on exactly where your impact is. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that's awesome. Thank you. Now, now with regards e-commerce in particular, you know, as I impacted an earlier show, e-commerce and, and, and I suppose direct consumer brands, there's many different flavors. There's many different business models under the hood of that, right? You know, one of the things that you've kind of, it's kind of clear how brand manufacturers can participate with this, but what are, what about some of the other business models? Like for example, um, digitally native retailers. One of my guests that we had on just recently was Lottie from uh, Banish, which is a a sustainable marketplace. And, you know, obviously they want to make sure that the products that are coming in uh, to their sustainable marketplace are indeed sustainable. And, you know, they, it's hard for them to kind of do the assessment on behalf of the brands as to whether those products are really sustainable. How can retailers work with you? How can they leverage your platform in, in that context? Yeah, we, we work with a lot of retailers um, and, and, I guess there's a couple of different ways they approach it and it comes down and unfortunately a little bit to sometimes the market power. 
So we work with some retailers that just mandate it and they say, okay, uh, this is now the, the default that we're using to actually assess the sustainability of the products and you, you need to go through this assessment and actually have your products assessed. Um, so that, that's, that's one way. We're working with actually a, a big um, grocery retailer in Australia at the moment um, and, and they had a really interesting take on it and we're still yet to finalise the details. Um, and what I like about this is our business is not about naming and shaming. Our business is about providing solutions for everyone. Um, sustainable brands, but non-sustainable brands, consumers. Uh, and they were looking to uh, get all the brands in their, in their supermarket to go through this assessment, but then not reduce the, not release the consumer-facing tool for, for a year. And they're basically saying to the brands, you've got a year. So we're going to give you the assessment so you have a clear view of the impact of your products. Um, and in a year's time, we're going to make that transparent for all the products in the store, but we're going to give you that period of time to make better decisions and make better products. So I think that's a, a, a nice medium in that, in terms of helping brands actually on that journey. Because I think, again, we, we like that approach of not, um, not sort of um, holding people up to account in a bad way, but helping them on their journey and sort of trying to get them moving and, and moving in the right direction. So that, that's one way. Other, other way retailers is, is, is offering it as a service as part of their platform um, and, and saying, look, this is what we, what we want to do. And, and I really, what we're finding and what I really believe is consumers are after transparency. They're not after perfection. Um, they, they know that this is a journey that we're all on. But if you start having brands that actually have, if you offer this as a service on your platform for brands that go through this level of sustainability assessment, and, and then uh, you know, start to display that on products in store, we're seeing that those brands are the products that the consumers want to buy. Um, and, and that's a great way to bring others into that conversation as well. So with, if you have market power, we see people mandating it. Um, if, if not, um, we see it offered as a service, as an additional service, and then that plugged into their platform. And, and we're seeing great traction with those products that then will encourage other people to, to do that. And, and, and what we're actually seeing with some even bigger retailers is they're using it as a buying tool. So as their buyers buy their ranges for the season, and normally their range is based on certain KPIs they need to hit in terms of price and, and range and all these types of different things. Now that their buyers are getting an impact budget and they need to buy their range within an, within an impact zone and they can't buy that outside of that impact zone. And I think that's really powerful. That wasn't, that wasn't actually a use case that we thought of from the product. That came from a big US retailer that's actually using it to actually buy products. So I think if you have a, a few larger e-commerce companies, they can actually start using it as a buying tool to make sure that the products they're putting on their platform are really sustainable. Well, on that on that very point and to that very point, I mean, one of the other business models that that many small brands leverage, even if they are manufacturing as well, is kind of private labeling, right? I mean, you know, to, to, to pad out the brand, add in accessories, add in other things, speed up their product uh, development lifecycle. And it's a great way of expanding out the range and serving and serving their niches better. So how can a private labeler leverage this kind of platform to understand exactly what they're, you know, because they may not have access to all the information you need in, in this, right? They're not the manufacturer. They don't understand necessarily where the raw materials are coming from and all that sort of stuff. How can they get involved with this? We, we do work with people um, with it do do white label. Uh, the, the, the reality is we do need the level of information. So, but we, we, we work with those brands. I mean, our tool is fully automated um, in, in that it doesn't, you know, you can input all your information and then the output is fully automated. But we do provide a highly consultative service to help people go through that process and extract the information. And in some cases, we actually contact the factories on behalf of brands to actually get the information because there, there, there is a certain... 
we, we, we can't, to be honest, the, the, the tension in our business model is the tension between being able to score a, a large range of products um, to provide that visibility, um, but also making sure that it's accurate. Um, and if we go too far one way or the other, then our, our tool ceases to be valuable. So if we yeah. make the, the, it too stringent, we end up being more like that life cycle assessment I talked about before, where there's too much information required and, and no one has that information and no one will score their products. But if we go too far the other way, then we lose the accuracy. Um, so we're constantly walking that, that fine line. We've got a, a really good read on what that line is. And so we, we, do, we will work with brands if they have um, third-party uh, retail or third-party manufacturers that they go through. We're more than happy to work with them to help out the information. And we know how to get it. I mean, we work with these guys. We know the right questions to ask and what format it's generally in. So we've got a, a pretty big account team that will make sure we can get the right information and work with those brands. Amazing. I think it might be time for a mic drop moment because I literally nearly had an aneurysm when I heard about this uh, the other day in a, in a good way, in a good way. Um, you know, you mentioned at the outset, right, that, the and, 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 and you're absolutely right, the sort of life cycle assessments are, you know, take months, enormous piles of information required, and, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to complete. And clearly, that puts it completely out of the question for searching for third party products, you know, private labeling, white labeling, whatever you want to call it. And it also makes it a lot more expensive to bring new sustainable products in as a, as a brand manufacturer. So tell us, Austin, this is the mic drop moment. Tell us how much it costs on the Dayrise platform to do one of these assessments. Yeah, so we, we, we worked really hard um, to make sure that this is accessible to everyone. I mean, at, at our core, we're about democratizing sustainability. Again, I, I keep saying it, but for businesses and consumers, we want to make it transparent for everyone. So there's no point in us developing a, a service that it puts it out of reach of small and medium-sized businesses. So we priced it in a way that um, everyone has access to it. So um, I'm thinking in euros, which is a bit, uh, uh, so it's, it's six, it's, it's 60 euros, which I think it's about $90 um, per, per product. Probably just um, under at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, and we deliberately kept that price at that level so that every, every business can afford it. And we're working with big, large multinationals that obviously have tens of thousands of products. So, um, it makes it accessible for them too because they can't afford to do LCAs on tens of thousands of products. Mm. And then smaller brands that have five or 10 products, now they can get access to this really rich information that's really valuable that not only has a value for them in terms of how they can understand the transparency of their products, but now they can really validate that story and really amplify that out through all their channels, not just their own DTC channels, but on their retailing sites and social media. So yeah. that was a big thing for us. We've, we've priced it to make sure that it can scale and that anyone can access it. I almost feel like I need to just let that sink for a minute because that is incredibly cost-effective. And I think, I mean, what you're doing is, is incredibly impressive, but what it means is that th there's, there's simply no roadblock to any brand getting involved and understanding the real position from a sustainability point of view of their product. And I just think that now bearing in mind, let's call it 90 bucks between friends, whatever it is, it is, but that's per year, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So good to, good to clarify that. So it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's an annual subscription charge. And the reason for that is um, we actually update the methodology each year. So sustainable science, science doesn't stand still. We, we've got the most up-to-date uh, and um, accurate scoring system. And the reason that we know that is, we just went through a massive audit with uh, SGS, who's the biggest certification company in the world that went through every single code of our technology and verified that it is the most accurate. 
but things are changing. And so we actually have a really rigorous peer review where we send out our methodology to leading academics and NGOs to get them to critique it and, um, and update it because we want to make sure it's the latest in sustainability science. So we do update the scores once a year, but, but it hasn't been huge in terms of the changes, but we constantly want to make sure that we're not standing still. So it's important that it's an, that it's an annual subscription and, and we're adding features the whole time too. So one of the features that we're coming up at the moment is we're adding a cost impact calculator. So you can not only understand what your impact is and sort of and quantify it, but what's the cost of that as in monetary cost of that. And so because impact has a cost. So how do we assign cost to that? Because I think not only do we want to make help brands make um, less impactful products, but if we can make them, enable them to make products that are less impactful, but also less costly, that's a real unlock. Um, and that's for big brands and small brands. So that, that really helps. If you can get a sustainable solution that actually makes the product cheaper for the brands, that's, that's an accelerator. So um, there's, a, there's a really strong pathway of, of features that we're adding. That's just one. Um, so the subscription is, a, as you say, an, an annual subscription. I mean, that, that makes complete sense, um, you know, apart from anything else, if, the, if, if brands are doing the right thing and then leveraging the, the, the insights that you're giving them into how to make the product better, then they come back in a year's time and the product's better. They clearly want a, a new assessment anyway. So it just makes, it makes complete sense. And I, at this point, I'm imagining if I was a, a listener to this with a brand, I'd be saying, shut up and take my money, but how do, how do I do it? So, so, let's, so let's get a little bit Let's get a little bit practical, right? So let's say I'm a let's say I'm a brand owner. I'm I'm, I, I'm making glasses cases, sustainable glasses cases. I'm making maybe I'm making maybe I've got one made out of bamboo. Maybe I've got one, you know, made out of vegan leather or something, or you know, cactus leather. Maybe I've got one made out of um, uh, reclaimed ocean plastic. What's the step by step process? What does that look like? How do I engage with you, and what does it look like from there? Yeah, the good the good thing is it's, we've got a really smart tool that, that takes all this information. So obviously we, we'll talk you through the process uh, and engage with you. But the actual the 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 work is the data and getting the the data and the information um, and, and and into the tool. So we've got a um, a really smart wizard online that just walks you through the process. So depending on what product category you're in and the answers that you give, the tool constantly updates to ask you the right questions. Um, and that really is a step-by-step -step guide. It's very simple to follow, very easy. And you just fill in the information as you go. Um, we do have a, a service where we can take you through that, um, particularly for the first product. And we find that the first product takes about 20 minutes to fill out um, because you just need to get used to the tool. Um, but, but we find that most companies, particularly the smaller companies, um, there's a lot of consistency in the products that they make. So once you fill that one product, you can actually copy and paste um, and clone those answers to, for the upcoming products and then just make the changes that you need to make to those products. So it's about, it's a really smart tool. You get your own dashboard that you go into, you fill that all out, you copy those answers to all the products that you have um, and, and then you publish that. Um, normally the, you get the, the, it's automated from our side in terms of the reports that you get and the score that you get in those tools. The only times that it's not is um, we've done, we have to do all the research on the materials. So we really need to understand at a really detailed level, if you're extracting bamboo from Thailand, what's the impact of that? And the good thing is there's a lot of external databases that we use. We've got our own database that's got, I think over 5,000 products right now that we've done the work on. So that's constantly building, but there is an occasion where there's an unusual material, whether it's a, an ingredient for a health and beauty product or a material, we need to do the work. So some, we, sometimes we need to go and do some manual work on that to understand the impact. Uh, and, and then you get your scores published and you have your own dashboard where you're in there, you can see all the different reports for your products. You can, you know, you can, um, uh, there's an automatic feed that you can download your consumer widget onto your own platform. So 
Uh, it is the work comes from the brand in terms of inputting that data, but it's a really simple and smart wizard that enables you to do that. One of the big issues all brands face is in in communicating what they're doing. Right? It's a it's a it's a big thing. A transparency is very important. B nobody wants to be accidentally greenwashing, but but in order to educate the consumer properly. We need to be able to communicate what we're doing, be transparent about what things are made of, and do that in a in a really sort of kind of seamless way that builds the brand story, right? For me, building brand story is probably the linchpin that makes all sustainable brands grow, and it's going to become more important, not less important, as we move forward with this agenda. So, what's your advice on how people can best leverage the outputs of this? into their overall brand story how can they what are the some of the some of the really smart ways you've seen brands do this so far i i love that question that's it's so important for us and my background at nike is in brand building and the word story and and we need to be telling the story and proudly telling the story about sustainability um, because consumers want this um, we know they do they want this level of transparency and I think as a collective, as brands that are sort of more towards the sustainable spectrum of, of making products, I think it's, it's on us to really grab this story and, and own this narrative. I think that the, the conversation around sustainability has been too heavy for too long and we've, too, we've focused too much on the problem um, and, and, we're, and we're aware of it and it's real and it's massive and, and we need to get after it. But if we focus on talking about the problem all the time, I think we risk disengaging everyone and everyone becomes like it's a bit too heavy and it's a bit too big um, and, and we don't go into solution mode. And I think there's this emerging brands out there that are making amazing sustainable products um, that are disrupting the market and, and they need to be celebrated. So I really encourage the brands, and I think it's a great way you frame that question, to tell their story and really get into the storytelling and be proud about it and focus on the positives of it. So what does it bring and, and how is it a solution that is relevant for consumers? Because that's, that's the thing at the end of the day, the solution needs to be relevant um, and, and it needs to be a great product. Um, unfortunately, you know, consumers will still buy the best product um and 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 if that best product is sustainable that's that's where they'll go to um so lean into the story t tell your brand story be proud of the sustainability and focus it in a positive sense and and obviously now with the day rise tools there's external validation of that so I'll, you know the the way that brands use our products best is when they don't just use it in their direct to consumer channels but really put pressure on their on their retail partners to to put it in their channels as well and that's the real disruptor and, and we're finding that brands that have a high level of transparency are the, are the ones that consumers are navigating towards. So hopefully we have a, a small part to play in the brand's bigger story, um, but I love the way you framed it in that way. Tell the sustainability story, own it, lean into it, make sure it's relevant. And, and now there's some external validation that you can use to back up your story. I, I think you've, uh, I think you smashed it there. I, I, I mean, this is, this is actually that we've sort of finished on, on the reason that I knew I had to talk with you today, because when, because I've been looking for ways to provide the validation that people need to be honestly telling a story. And when I came across your brands, like, this is it, this is the missing piece of the puzzle. And I love it. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Now, Austin, it's been a pleasure. Where can customers get involved with you? Where can they go and find you? Yeah, no, it's been great. I really appreciate the time. So um, via our website, which is dayrise.io, and that's dayrise with a Z, um, or, or just drop me an email, um, austin at dayrise.com. And you know, we'd love to help you out.
I'd love it. Thanks again for bringing such a tremendous platform to market. And I'm sure the listeners will be queuing up working uh, with you going forward. Just rounding out the show now with my major takeouts uh, from chatting with Austin. The first was that as humans, we have a tendency to focus on things making the most noise. And that's obviously things like the plastics problem and global warming. And while those issues are massively and absolutely critical to address, we can't focus on those at the exclusion of other parts of our ecosystem. The second big takeout, and I do hope this came across really clearly, but the day rise system levels the playing field in sustainability assessment for brands at just 90 bucks a product per year. That may be the same as the gross margin on a single sale. So for the first time, sustainability assessments are available to everyone. And lastly, and I really, really love this. Austin made the point that customers want transparency and want to understand the story behind your brand. When you weave your mission into a story that makes sense to the customer and back it up with the transparency of the Dayrise certification, you've got a very powerful way to stand out from the crowd. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you did, don't forget to comment, share and follow the channel. And I'll chat with you in the next show.